This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 162, Submission 1948. At last, the 1948 show. At last, the 1948 show aired on ITV for two series over 13 episodes, which aired from February 15th to November 7th, 1967. Or if you're in the UK and you have that weird thing where you have the number first, it's the 15th of February to the 7th of November, 1967. You know, I had to explain all that to one of my students earlier this week. Really? Really? I'm not kidding. No, I had to. Huh. Let's play the intro. Yes, it's at last the 1948 show. Introduced as usual by the lovely Amy McDonald. Yeah, that definitely sounded like it could be from 1948. Oh, yeah, it definitely did. But it was from 1967. So Yeah, as I mentioned two episodes ago, this show has nothing to do with the year 1948. Huh? Wait, what? Yeah. It's simply called At Last the 1948 Show. That doesn't make any sense, though. No, it doesn't. Considering some of the people associated with it, it makes sense that it doesn't make any sense if that... Makes any sense. Oh, that yeah. totally makes sense. Considering well, who was associated with it. Yeah. Well, guys, would you believe who executive produced this show? Yeah, who was executive produced it? Guys, I hope you're sitting down for this. This show, this comedy show featuring some comedy legends, was executive produced by David Frost. Wait, wait, wait. The one that interviewed Nixon uh, a number of years later? Yes. The, the David Frost that interviewed Richard Nixon. Former President, whilst we've, um, whilst we've cut the tape and we're not on television or recording or anything, and just between you and me, you know, just for personal interest, as we have to talk for 20 hours together, did you in fact, uh, were you in fact behind the Watergate? Well, Johnny, to be perfectly honest and frank with you, and I'm most grateful for the money. Uh, just between you and me, man to man, as it were, I guess I can tell you that as far as the Watergate is concerned, I, I was completely He of world leaders, David Frost. Yes! Why would he produce this admittedly highbrow satirical television show of nonsense. You got me. Maybe David Frost appreciated good humor. Or a job's a job. Job's a job. So, okay. This series came about when David Frost approached three comedians. Now, two you probably know of. Two of them are John Cleese and Graham Chapman from Monty Python. 
Oh, the yeah. F- and the third is Tim Brooke Taylor. Now, guys, you're probably saying, who is Who'd that Tim? guy be? So, guys, remember back in the Married for Life episode when we talked about Veruca Salt that I mentioned we'd have another actor who was in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? And then uh-huh. it turned out the Charlie Buckets teacher was an SOS Titanic. I said, no, he was not the guy I was talking about. This is the guy I was talking about because he's in the scene in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I remember that scene. Yo, the, play it. Play it right now. Gentlemen, I know how anxious you've all been during these last few days, but now I think I can safely say that your time and money have been well spent. We're about to witness the greatest miracle of the machine age. Based on the revolutionary Computonian law of probability, this machine will tell us the precise location of the three remaining golden tickets. It says, I won't tell, that would be cheating. I am now telling the computer that if it will tell me the correct answer, I will gladly share with it the grand prize. He says, what would a computer do with a lifetime supply of chocolate? (sighs) I am now telling the computer exactly what he can do with a lifetime supply of chocolate. Yo, man, I grew up watching that guy. I didn't even know that was him. Yeah. Who knew that computers could actually have logical thoughts? Yeah. I have a, I have a complaint about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, okay? Why is this story about the Golden Tickets seemingly the most important story on the planet in 1971? Uh, I guess people were sick of hearing about Vietnam. Yeah, they, they had landed on the moon a couple of times. So, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. We've been to the moon. U.S. won the space race. Yeah. Okay, so what if Apollo 15 or Apollo 17 goes back to the yeah. moon? Yeah. Yeah. The race riots are yeah. a thing of the past. So. Yeah. Sadly, though, Tim Brooke Taylor no longer with us. Sadly, actually passed away due to COVID last year. Oh, very sad. But they would be joined by a comedy writer that was suggested to them on this show. And this comedy writer we've talked about in previous installment, when things were rotten, Morty Feldman. Oh, legend. Oh God, this guy. Oh God, this guy. Yeah. Igor from young Frankenstein. So the series bridged the radio series from Cleese Chapman and Brooke Taylor called, I'm sorry. I'll read that again. And of course would bridge into what we would later know a couple of years later as Monty Python's Flying Circus. And yet there was one more person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We got plenty it, to say about this person. We have uh, the funny one, the other funny one, the ugly one, the ornery one, and the female. The female was the lovely Amy McDonald. I'm not just being a nice guy, although if she wasn't billed as the lovely Amy McDonald on the, at least the 1948 show, I would still call her the lovely Amy McDonald. Oh, yeah. She is the stereotypical 
dumb blonde on this show presenting all the skits. Is that where Goldie Hawn stole it from? Yeah, I was just going to say, she has a real big Goldie Hawn vibe. Oh, yes, she does. So while they have the highbrow humor, you have somebody who made her name in vaudeville. Fantastic. Indeed. And she's still around, and actually, uh, according to IMDb, she had a credit last year. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Not as well-known as everybody else associated with the show, but she obviously has had a career for, what, six decades now? Seven decades? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Six decades, not bad if you can do it. So if it wasn't about 1948, what was at last the 1948 show about? Well, it was basically your typical sketch comedy show in 1967. Oh. It it was very Monty Python light. Yeah, it was Monty Python before Monty Python. Uh, Obviously. Looking at some of these sketches here, when they describe it, it just seems like they make no sense. Like on the first show from 1967, they are Leave Tim Alone, Dr. Sketch, Man with Skinny Legs, Witch, Restaurant Quickie, Self Wrestling, One Man Wrestling, Secret Service Chief Interview, Hit by Balls, There's a Man in My Soup, Fly Noises. Treasure Trove, and uh, Vox Pop Public Opinion. It's like, yes, just listening to that description, you would think, what are they on about? But it's one of those things where you actually have to watch it in order for it to say, you know what? Yeah. All right, now we're at the wrestling sketch with Graham Chapman. I have the bread box thing on my PC for you guys to look at. Is it just me or is Graham Chapman wrestling John Cena? It ain't just you. I I see it, but also at the same time, I don't see it. (laughs) It's there, but it's not. Oh, look at that crappy ring that they made for this. And also, yeah, this is one of those shows that... It has to be seen in order to be experienced because I don't know if you guys know this, but Graham Chapman very much into the physical humor. Oh, yeah. Whereas John Cleese and Tim Brooke Taylor, they are more the sort of highbrow pun, very much well-intended, tongue-directly-in-cheek, straight-laced humor. Which I suppose is why uh, Monty Python has worked for so long. It's why it's one of the classics. Now, the second episode is mostly not... We'll get into why the situation with the episodes a bit later. But if you have BritBox, you'll notice that in some of the episodes have some segments missing, which don't survive because they've been lost to time or whatever. And on the BritBox versions of the episodes, they actually have, because all the audio recordings for the episodes survive. So to replace what's missing, they actually have, like, pictures of the script with the sketch playing with the audio in the background for you to look at. So you can at least imagine mostly in the second episode, because there's maybe, like, one or two 
skits that survive in the second episode. So you have to mostly imagine in your head how this plays out. So this is, is very much a theater of the mind sort of thing. Yeah, second episode, basically, if you're watching on BritBox, is mostly a theater of the mind sort of thing. And in the second episode, you have John and Bath, Focky Spainlink, the four Sydney Lauderbees, Lucky Gypsy Clothes Pegs, and Judge Not. And ap- apparently the only one that exists of the four is the Judge Not sketch. Yes. Episode three, we have Flying into New York, Bookshop, Visitors for the Use of... Dot, dot, dot. Job description. Do you match this description? Sheepdog trials. Sheep starvation. Mice laughed softly. Charlotte. Captured spy. Now, mice laughed softly. That's another head scratcher, isn't it? I think we should also mention that in every episode, Amy McDonald makes a plea to the audience saying uh, that she would like them to send her money for the, essentially the make Amy McDonald retire early fund or something in that vein. Or they'll have like some silly sketch, like in one sketch, like they have like her and the girls that accompany her. Like there's a skit, like great moments throughout history in one episode it's Amy McDonald pretending to be Columbus when they discovered America. And she's like looking through a telescope. is like, Ooh, it's America. And that's it. <laughs> Amy McDonald also known for uh, a line that now resonates in television history, but it was just a throwaway line when she first said it. Oh, I know what it is. You know what it is? Oh, yeah. And now for something completely different. That would be the line, yes. Yes, it originated on this show. Episode four features... Someone has stolen the news. Grubbly and Holidays from the Grubbly and Tourist Office. Jack the Ripper song. Memory training course. Word association. One Man Battalion, Ministerial Breakdown, The Minister Who Falls to Pieces, Engine Driver Spriggs, and Plain Clothes Police Women, Undercover Police Men. You guys, I have one of the Amy McDonald Great Moments in History sketches from this episode. Do you want me to play it? Yes, sir, I do. All right, here, here we go. Conquest of Everest. Because it was there. Do you know what I mean, darling? Get it? Conquest of Everest. Because it was there. Yep. Basically, the Great Moments in History by Amy McDonald sketches Amy McDonald. One line, but she delivers it oh so perkily. Yeah. Episode 5 features Rural Farm, Gentlemen Farmer Dialect, The Wonderful World of the Ant, 
Judo, John and Mary in Malaya, and top of the form. Hey guys, I have another great moment in history from this episode. You want to hear it? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes. Caesar, Caesar con- conquers Britain. Veni, vedi, vici. Do you know what I mean, darling? <laughs> I sense a theme. Yeah, 20 seconds. Get in, get out. Deliver the punchline. And then on to the next skit. On to the next skit. Yeah. Italian television presents lessons to speaking English. Four Yorkshire choristers complain about television, and an awful confusion occurs in a Chinese restaurant. Skits include Six Girls in Exhibit A. That sounds kinky. Televisione Italiano presenta Let's Speak English. That's not offensive. Ah, uh, scusi. Barbara Boopy? Che cosa? Peter, what are you doing? Speaking Italian. Barbara Boopy? Peter, you can't speak Italian just because you have a mustache. Headmaster, raid on a crinoline frock, the siege of the frock, real life drama, chorister's repetition, Chinese restaurant, bookkeeping, and the ferret song. And another. Great moment in history, number one. But of course. Here we go. Captain Cook discovers Australia. Look, Australia. Yes. Funny. Doesn't look like Australia. No. <laughs> oh, we should also add that for each of these uh, great moments in history, that Amy McDonald is uh, surrounded by a, a bevy of, I'll say, gorgeous young ladies. Yeah, gorgeous young go-go ladies. Yes. Which was the style at the time. Of course. Because Brett Bod, late 60s, you know this, man. Now, that- season one was not shown in the Granada region for some reason. Oh. Those so they people- missed all of this stuff until Britbox came along. Oh, those poor people in Granada. They didn't get... They didn't get this. Nope. But they got season two. Oh, thank heavens. The people at ITV are like, uh, Granada people, now they can watch this. And the first episode, after an introduction to and from the lovely Amy McDonald, a doctor gives his patients the hard sell, and a criminal seeks refuge in a library. Meanwhile, Tim Brooke Taylor visits a joke and novelty shop. And this episode is on YouTube. <sighs> yep. And sketches include Spiv Doctor, Doctor trying to sell things, Reptile Keeper swallowed by snake, Thief hiding in public library, Joke Shop, and Come Dancing. I'm guessing that's a a parody of what we would now know as Dancing with the Stars. Or is it just dancing? I don't know. Yeah, well, that didn't really was a thing at the time. Oh, by the way, there are are at least some things missing in this episode because one of the Amy McDonald cutaways is 
accompany yeah. like a... So we have a script and uh, her headshot. Yeah, so you can just basically picture it in your head. Episode 2. A gentleman's tailor has a peculiar sales method. A TV game shows a less than genial host. Rowdy Scott's attend the ballet and a beggar causes trouble at a bus stop. Sketches include bringing new meaning to the word yick. Shirt stop. The Nosmo Clap Hanger Show. Insurance for an accident-prone man. Take your clothes off! And Rowdy Scottish Ballet Supporters. Tuggish Ballet. Episode 3. A nightclub bouncer is made a fool of by a drunken patron. A series of deaths affect a gentleman's club. A scientist suffers from an inferiority complex. Amy shows off her Shakespearean skill, and there's awful confusion over hearing aids and contact lenses. Sketches include the story so far, pessimistic customer only buying one shoe, meek bouncer, men's club, old men dying in club, look at science, insecure neurotic scientist, oh hi, what it says, insecure neurotic scientist. Hits a little too close to home. Hence why I said, oh hi. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just trying to say that hits a little too close to home. Just a little bit. Yeah. Sydney Lotterby craves the test score. Shop for the sight and sound impaired hearing aid and contact lens shop. I want to see what Amy McDonald has to say here. <laughs> Lovely ladies of history, number one, Eleanor Ford. The base that launched a thousand ships. I named these thousand ships the lovely Amy MacDonald the second. <laughs> oh! <laughs> she threw a bottle of champagne. That which, was... is, which is what you do when you're the godmother of a ship. Yeah, but it's on a string. She pushed it. You heard a clang indicating the bottle broke. And then the bottle came back. And it wasn't broken at all. Ooh. And she's surprised. She's surprised. Okay. Episode four. A teach yourself German record includes some curious phrases. Police fail to apprehend a pair of robbers. London commuters take to piggyback. And a TV drama is interrupted by an estate agent. Sketches include discussion on pornography. Teach yourself a foreign language record. Door-to-door undertaker. That's morbid. Uncooperative burglars. Topic, freedom of speech. Program announcement, repeats report. And studio tour, a tour three live program. All right. You want to go straight to episode five? Let's go straight to episode five. Okay. Episode five. A man who believes he's a rabbit has a less than sympathetic psychiatrist. The Secret Service is forced to recruit the office boy for a Moscow mission. And a television interview with an alligator wrestler, Ryan Instant, quickly descends into anarchy. Sketches include opening, reluctant choir, choir won't sing hymns, psychiatrist, deadly architectural model, edible town square model, secret service cleaner, footballer on trial, reprimanded soccer player, the pretty way, western quickie, and misunderstood magazine program. Oh, this is another episode that's online. On YouTube. Yep. Yes. It's actually listed as episode one. 
I'm guessing, obviously, it's not in chronological order, but maybe in terms of the possession of whoever uploaded it, episode one, episode two, episode three, but they're all over the place, not chronologically. Yeah. Episode six, Pete and Charlie bump into some very annoying holiday acquaintances, and Arthur S. Stoltz, ACA, instructs dancing the chartered accountant. Meanwhile, two gents discuss the charisma of Sean Connery, and four Yorkshiremen have a moan. Sketches include Police Banquet, Sydney Lauderby's Renewed Acquaintance, Return of the Sydney Lauderby's, The Chartered Accountant Dance, MI5 Banquet, Dentistry with a Difference, and The Four Yorkshiremen. And the final episode, Episode 7, A Current Affairs Show includes AWOL International Reports, Interviewers interviewing interviewers and naked ladies. Ooh! A train commuter is bothered by a very peculiar passenger, and a man is on the search for a house trade chartering accountant. Sketches include current affairs program, railway carriage, train traveling pest, pet shop, the pathos of pet shops, and the rhubarb tart song. Unfortunately, the rhubarb tart song was actually one of the missing bits. They really enjoyed their chartered accountant sketches those last two episodes. Just a bit, yeah. Yeah. But looking at all of this, it's very sort of, haha, inspired lunacy. Now, I'm looking at the guest stars list, and you have, like, the sort of people who would be around in the 60s of British television. Sort of a who's who of British television in the 60s. Frank Muir, Dennis Norton... One of the two Ronnies, Ronnie Corbett. Oh, yeah. Anthony J., Dick Bosberg, Mary Maud, Joe Kendall, Christine Rogers, Bill Oddy, Barry Cryer, Penny Brahms. But one name sticks out. Playing library in deep in library, Beethoven patient, waiter, elevator operator in the detective sketch, and the end-of-row opera patron in Scottish opera, Eric Idle. Yeah, he was actually a writer on this show. He was. And later, one of the uh, founding pythons. And, of course, in future entry, Dearly Departed. Oh, God, Dearly Departed. <laughs> oh, my God. And once we get the Patreon spinoff podcast, spin-off podcast, it was a thing at the theme park. We'll have him and Figment in the uh, Wonders of Life exhibit, I guess. <laughs> oh, jeez. What? What? I like Eric Idle. Leave me alone. Well, who doesn't like Eric Idle? I mean, come on. He's a legend. He is a legend. Okay, now we mentioned about the survival of some of the episodes, so going by Truth by Consensus Wikipedia here in the segment on survival of episodes, Thames Television wiped the material once they acquired the Rediffusion London Archive, and all but two episodes were destroyed. John Cleese became aware of tapes from two surviving episodes after Morty Feldman's wife left them to him in her will. Five compilation episodes 
from Swedish television also survived, with much missing material being recovered in video and surviving video having been restored by the BFI, the British Film Institute. The majority of a previously missing episode, Season 2, Episode 6, was recovered from a private collector in May of 2010. On the 23rd of October, 2014, the BFI announced film copies of two previously missing episodes. The first and final episodes of the series had been recovered from the private collection of executive producer David Frost. A year later, the BFI announced the recovery of another two episodes from a fan's collection, with one of the new recoveries, the third episode of the first series, to be screened at the Radio Times Festival at Hampton Court on the 25th of September, 2015. Out of an original total of 13 episodes, 11 now exist in complete or near-complete form, while two remain incomplete. While most of the surviving episodes are from original tapes or tell recordings, two of the complete episodes have been reconstructed from footage recovered from five compilation tapes returned from Sweden. The two incomplete episodes surviving footage also comes from these compilations. The complete audio of all 13 episodes exists, recorded off-air by several fans and a 1967 LP release featured sketches taken from the soundtrack of the show's first series, accompanied by a 7-inch single featuring newly recorded versions of the Ferret Song and the Rhubarb Tart Song. These have since been reissued on CD. And also, I did link, and I'll put it in the description for the episode on Podbean. There was a documentary back in 2003 that aired on BBC4 called Missing Believed Wiped, which actually covers the recovery and the return of one of the episodes from At Last, the 1948 show. And actually, John Cleese is interviewed in that documentary. It's a very good documentary, and I highly suggest you check it out because it's really amazing. And it goes through the entire history of British missing television. So if you're fascinated by that subject, I suggest you watch it. And also, we are going to go into a bit more of that because... A future entry is the Doctor Who missing episodes from the 1960s. Did they check the pit where they found the E.T. Atari games? (laughs) (laughs) So that's why E.T. fell into the pits. He was looking for all those Doctor Who missing episodes. That explains it. So basically between all of the recoveries and all of the LPs and all of the sort of creative finagling that the BFI has done... All 13 episodes are available on BritBox. Yeah. Which is not sponsoring this episode. We just really like it. Yeah, I actually got a free trial of BritBox just to cover this episode. I had to start cold calling for sponsorships. Anyway, they began streaming in July of 2020. But one thing I still don't get, Greg. Yeah. And Maybe you or Mike can help me understand this. They call this show At Last the 1948 Show. Yeah. That's what they call this show. Yes. But it has nothing to do with the year 1948. No. So why do they call it At Last the 1948 Show? Okay. Well, according to John Cleese, the title actually refers to television executives' tendency to differ extensively over commissioning decisions. That's where the title comes from. So they were basically... Okay, you know what? I understand that. 
So it's basically an inside joke regarding television executives. You know what? I understand that. I, I understood that reference. It's just the series and things that make sense that don't make sense, but end up totally making sense in the grand and glorious tradition of stuff like do not adjust your set and, of course, Monty Python. By the okay. way, uh, do not adjust your set, not a future entry, because it actually ran quite a distance. Yeah, but it also featured, as forementioned, Eric Idle, but also featured two other future Monty Python members, specifically Terry Jones and Michael Palin. Nice. Yes. It also had David Jason, which I believe was a voice on one of the British cartoons I used to watch growing up. I just can't remember for the well, life of Well, It was I either Danger freaking... Mouse or Count Duckula. Hold on. He, Danger no, Mouse! He was both! Both! He was both! He, he was, was Danger Mouse and Count Duckula! He was on Danger Mouse and Count Duckula, baby. Nice! Uh, Count Duckula, a classic. Yeah. The best theme song ever. In the hall of Transylvania, in the vampire hall of fame, yeah, there's not a vampire lady other. He won't fight, beast the man, cause he's a vegetarian, yeah, and things never work like If you're looking for some fun, you can love this kind of fun. So why don't you watch one they call? Count Duckula. I'm surprised they didn't spin that off of the Danger Mouse reboot. Oh, with John Oliver? Yeah. With with John Oliver and Alexander Armstrong. Well, guys, what do we have to say about it last the 1948 show? It was the prototype to Monty Python and would lead to big things for everyone involved, I'd like to say. Even for Amy McDonald, even though we haven't heard much from her in a fair bit. But she has been absolutely... She was part of the zeitgeist. She was the one who said, and now for something completely different. Yeah, that's right. It's thanks to her that this saying would go on to be legendary. But all in all, at last, the 1948 show, 19 years after its uh, titular year, it was just a thing on TV. Yeah, it was. But what a thing on TV. I mean, this gave birth to Monty Python, and that sort of humor is timeless. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, and that's you... the that's the sort of thing that led to, let's see, Kids in the Hall, Saturday Night Live, especially the first season. Oh, yes. First season of Saturday Night Live is very influenced by Python. Because I was actually listening to Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast, and he had on Lorraine Newman recently, and she was talking about when she was auditioning for Lorne Michaels on SNL, and he described the show as very Monty Python-esque, and Lorraine Newman didn't know what that meant, because where she lived in LA, they didn't get Monty Python, so... Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of what other sort of thing it would be this whole sort of absurdist sketch comedy. Robot Chicken on 
on Adult Swim. Oh yeah, it definitely is very and definitely timid and definitely Tim and Eric. Awesome show, great job. Yeah, there's definitely some Tim and Eric in that. But man, this was something. This was indeed something. And of course, you can watch it on BritBox right now. And also, at least three episodes are on YouTube. Yes. Well, guys, next week on It Was a Thing on TV, we're going to play some games. A lot of games. A lot of games. All the games. Well, you know what? First game, you know what I'm going to want? An alligator? Yeah, but you know what I also want? I want my rock, rock, rock and roller games. Did we talk oh, about that in a previous oh, oh. entry? I think we did. Well, the game, well, the video game version anyway. So the first episode next week. Yeah, you figured it out. We're finally going to talk about roller games. Yep. But we're not just going to talk about those games. We're going to talk about games that you can play at home. Yeah. Games that you can watch in the afternoon and play at home using your telephones. What? You don't even have to be wearing pants or nothing. Oh, no. But we're not done. We're not? No, we're not. We may sneak in... uh, a sort of a mini-sode with a sort of a, a game of a similar name, but from a different era. Oh. Yeah. See, if you wanted to spin this Wheel of Fortune, you would have had to save Vanna White's life. <laughs> and who wouldn't want to save Vanna White's life? Mike's giving me the eye roll, so. He's on. Like, that's the best you could come up with. No, it was more just give it away, Chico. I can't come up with anything better. Sorry. No, neither can I. And I'm not even saying a word. Okay. Well, so all of those, when they are released, they will be available on our website. It was a thing on TV.com. By the way, all of our episodes are available on it. was a thing on TV.com, including uh, mini-sodes, director's cuts, oh. remastered shows. Episodes? Yeah. I think we're now up to, uh, we released, I think, either this week or whatever you listen to this. We, at least at the time we're doing this, we just put up Meow Manor in Lidsville as one collection because... Meow Manor is like really, Mike, you remember this, it was a really short episode. Oh, yeah, there's not much to say about cats living in sort of a Big Brother-esque type of setting. No, so we decided we'll add just Lidsville to it. And by the way, R.I.P. Billy Hayes. Oh, yeah, we did yeah. just lose her this week. We did. It's very sad. But she very lived sad. a long life. Yep, she lived a long life and she entertained generations of people. Just generations. Yeah. I mean, that that's something to be proud of. It is. Yeah. But, okay, next week, I uh, can't wait. We got two great entries and a mini set. Oh, and by the way, it was a thing on TV, our YouTube channel. Guess what? Today, as we're recording this, we just passed 10,000 views. Nice! 10,000 views. So if you add or Podbean Pete and our YouTube page, we have like 32,000 listens. 
Yes, and we thank you all so very much. We would love to have more listeners. So, again, don't forget to share the link. It was a thing on TV.com. Share our socials. Share our YouTube because and, sharing is caring. And subscribe to us on YouTube because we want to make that scratch. Yes, sir. How many that, subscribers are we at? We're like close to 60. So we're like almost 940 away. You can do on. it, people. Come on, you, friends. Come on. We need a thousand. Let's get a thousand. Like, we want to be reputable YouTubers. We want to be on the same wavelength as Joshua Wiseman or something. I, I don't know. Hey, I, more, I don't know what the kids are into. Hey, we're more ethical than Logan Paul. We've never filmed a dead body. That's really nope. the bar we're going for? We haven't filmed a dead body. Hey, we're good people. Uh, hey, hey, I don't know what the kids are into these days. Hey. Maybe I'll twerk with Latoya Jackson. Whatever the tweens are into, I'll do it. Well, as soon as we find out what the kids are into, we'll talk about it on the next installment of It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, everyone. Well, none shall pass. What? None shall pass. I have no quarrel with you, good Sir Knight, but I must cross this bridge. Then you shall die. I command you as King of the Britons, to stand aside. I move for no man. So be it. Now stand aside, worthy adversary. Tis but a scratch. A scratch? Your arm's off. No, it isn't. Well, what's that, then? I've heard worse. You liar! Come on, you pansy! (laughs) Victory is mine! We thank thee, Lord, that in thy... Come on, then. What? Have at you! You are indeed brave tonight, but the fight is mine. Oh, had enough, eh? Look, you stupid bastard, you've got no arms left. Yes, I have. Look! Just a flesh wound. Look, stop that! Chicken! Chicken! Look, I'll have your leg. Right! Right, I'll do you for that. You what? Come here! What are you going to do, bleed on me? I'm invincible! You're a loony. The Black Knight always triumphs! How about you? Come on, then. All right. We'll call it a draw. Come, Patsy. Oh, oh, I see. Running away, eh? You yellow bastards! Come back here and take what's coming to you! I'll bite your legs off! <laughs> <laughs>